The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. Wait, I can't hear you. Your mic's off now. <laughs> God oh, there you go. This, no, this thing is, <laughs> just go. It, like, it just turns off. I don't know if it's a design flaw or what. Oh, but, yeah. It's off. Yeah, it's on now. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, technical difficulties aside, uh, I just wanted to run some quick, uh, quick uh, opinions on the news that happened recently. Like first, I, I got to start with this. <laughs> Kaylin just shared with me this awesome tweet. So for the, I think everybody knows that Elon was selling his shares recently and he incurred about like four or five billion dollars in taxes. Right. And he was doing it to make a statement like he literally um, sold his old shares just to incur the profit on them, just to make sure he paid the maximum amount of taxes. Because the shares that he got recently from the uh, his options, they, they wouldn't have, they, it would have been adjusted at, at a higher price. So he wouldn't have paid as much taxes. So he deliberately sold the old shares that have maximum profit so he could pay maximum tax, just to make a statement. <laughs> and then here, Bernie, Uncle Bernie here, we must demand that the extremely wealthy pay their fair share, period. And Elon goes, are you forgetting that you're still alive? <laughs> <laughs> Want me to sell more stock, Bernie? Just so oh my god! <laughs> I think he's got a lot of. I think oh, he got so a lot funny. of fans. The dude worth like hundreds, he's worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Like he has more money than you could possibly spend in a lifetime. That's why. That's why he doesn't care, right? Like, it's just I love it, man. It makes me laugh. The thing is, he's never cared. Like he'll he'll he wants to make a profit, but only so he has more money to do more useful things. It's never like I want to buy a yacht. Like, yeah, you know, like I can't find a single picture of him on a vacation just living it up like anybody else. Nobody, like not one picture. Yeah, I would totally if I was with two hundred billion man. I'd have like a four hundred foot yacht. Like it'd be a party. I'd be like all over that. <laughs> He's sold his all his houses and he's currently living in a fifty thousand dollar bungalow in uh, Texas, right outside SpaceX headquarters. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's funny. So yeah, so like when people rag, the other thing that bothers me that when people rag on him is like they don't realize he doesn't. Unlike every other CEO, he doesn't take a salary. So he, he how is he supposed to take ta pay taxes on the years that he doesn't get a salary? Doesn't get a bonus either. If he doesn't hit his performance milestones, yeah. he doesn't get shares. Yeah, that's what I thought was kind of funny about that whole thing. When everyone's like, "Oh, you know, he's got all this money and this and that," and like, it's like, "Yeah, he's got money," but like, he just take—he's he, basically just selling it out of out of shares. Like, it'd be no different than like, you know, you and I to a certain degree. If we just own like a shitload of stock and it went up twenty thousand percent, and you know, we were both worth a billion dollars, like, we might we might not have to pay taxes if we haven't sold any shares. Like, you know, maybe I'm just working for. 40,000 bucks a year, but I have a billion dollars in my investment account. It's like, well, yeah, I'm super rich, but I'm not using any of that money. So I, I don't understand how people can't see that's exactly what happens with their 401k or RSP. It's there. It's growing. It's accruing money. Are you paying tax on it? Hello? Is Did I hear that someone's like in the States or something? They're going to like, there was a, a bill yeah. that they're thinking about passing where they're going to tax people on like unrealized gains. Unrealized gains, yes. Which just absolutely do you know anything about that yeah so what what happened was the democrats um they introduced two bills like the massive spending bills like the three and whatever trillion dollars but they never figured out how to pay mm. for it 
So as they're trying to pass the bill, they start to go, oh, shit, we have to pay for this. Thing. And so they're randomly just just like trying to grab at anything, any revenue stream possible to try to pay for this thing. And that was one of the proposals. There's no way there's no way that can pass like think about if you owned a stock and it went up 100 percent, and then you paid taxes on that gain the unrealized gain and then it dropped down you know lower than where you bought into it it's like now if you sell it for a loss you've already you've been taxed on money that you didn't even have to begin with that, that, that makes no sense it makes no sense and then if you give a credit for your loss which offsets any gains then you effectively back at zero so like why even introduce the thing at all it's, yeah, I, I can't remember who told me that, but I, was, I didn't even believe it at the start. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it doesn't make any it's, sense. It's retarded. And <clears throat> uh, on the subject of retarded, uh, Rivian IPO. I don't have another word for it. It just boggles my mind. Like Rivian ipo yeah. was it $78 was the initial price and it it like instantly got bid up to like over a hundred dollars where I think it got stopped. It got halted, right? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't watching it on the day. I know it tanked like the first day and then, but then it's been going up. It's got like two or three green days now. Yeah. That, um, because <laughs> I remember I was trying to sh set up a short <laughs> and I screwed up because I never checked my account. Yeah. <laughs> I set up a cash account and not the, uh, not a margin. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, so I set my order and never hit, but it's at what? One thirty right now. Yeah, and they've, and they've sold like, well, Amazon's buying into them though. I think Amazon bought like what, $200 million on the first day, I think it was. Wait, did Amazon buy it from the open market? Yeah, yeah, I was reading an article that Amazon bought like $200 million worth, at, I think like 78 bucks a share average on, on the opening day. Oh, but what's $200 million worth to either of them? Like, it's like, it's like nothing. The, I think I think I'm pretty sure they want to get into like a few billion, from my yeah. understanding. I know. Um, so like there's has, like there's, there's sorry, go ahead. Stuff. Yeah, there's big stuff in the. No, I was just gonna say like there's obviously like big stuff in the future. Like if Amazon's putting that kind of money into them, like they know that there's gonna be something there. It's just funny that like you know right now, considering they haven't sold any cars to the like commercial public, they've given like what 150 to their staff or something like that. Like there's no there's no sales and they're worth yeah. billions of dollars. It's just I'm gonna yeah, hundred billion dollars they're worth. I'm gonna make a wild call just now because from exactly what you just said, it made me realize something. Cause I know uh Amazon has a purchase order to Rivian for these uh EV delivery vans, which is which makes sense. But I wonder yeah. if Amazon is starting to take a position now for potentially a hostile takeover at some point because as because Amazon's guys are sharp. And I hate Rivian, not because of their product or their mm. engineers, but because the CEO is an idiot. So I wonder if they're looking, Amazon's looking at them mm. like the way I'm looking at them going, these guys are a takeover target. We're going to get them for cheap. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. They might sell out too, right? Like it'd be easier, e easier for Amazon just to buy a company like that than to try and start one on their own. And also like Amazon's all about control. So it's like if they end up supplying your your delivery vans and you kind of want to control them, the, the source, right? Otherwise, you kind of um, um, have a liability out there. Like what if your vans, vans need maintenance and they up the price on you? Like so there's a whole bunch of reasons to want to own the whole supply chain. Yeah, 100%. Especially like if you're looking at something like Amazon with that kind of size. Like if you're, you're basically like 
you know, subbing out to a private company, like they could, they could just say, oh, you know, we have the contract, so we're increasing your rates 20% next year and you're kind of screwed, right? So. Did you know Amazon was getting into um, um, trucking and uh, air freight? No. So that's a huge competitive advantage. From, I, this is what I do like about Amazon. Like as much as I shit on Bezos, Amazon, the company I love. Um, so what they what they started doing was they started buying some little um, uh, planes and whatever to do their own deliveries. And what they're fine. This has been their mo since the beginning, where it's like whatever they use for themselves, they realize that at least half the time it's it's unused uh, resources. So like if if we send a plane from our warehouse from Canada to Germany, you know what it's coming back empty. Right. So what they're doing is now they're hmm. advertising in Germany saying, we're going to we're going to give you this uh, white label uh, program where if you want to hop on our plane, we're going to give you a discounted price versus UPS versus uh, whatever, any other shipper. And then so the, the plane that which has to come back anyway now has paying customers paying for shipping from Germany to uh, back to the U.S. OK. Yeah. And then they do that with their trucking, too. They're. They have they have a bunch of trucks. They're hauling stuff all over the U.S., but they make sure it's not it's never empty. So they started opening this up to their um, Amazon Marketplace customers. They're like, if you want to make a make a delivery from A to B, then hop on our truck. Fucking genius. Yeah, like a discount for it. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. Like any shipping company, you probably want to do that. Like you never want anything like a truck or a boat or a plane. Like nothing should ever be going anywhere empty. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just losing money. That's so true. Actually, I should know this. I worked for Brinks. It was a lot of empty trucks. <laughs> it was a lot of. Yeah, I was gonna say I work in I work in construction. Like, I always want something on the trucks, machines, <laughs> material, whatever. Like I don't want them moving around empty. That makes sense. That makes total sense. All right, so that's yeah. that's it for the news. Like I just um, yeah, you know what? Because I was gonna touch on qualitative analysis anyway. I was gonna use the meal as the example, but might as well start with Rivian. So I'm gonna set the record straight. I, I like the product. I've seen the product. I actually know some of the engineers behind, know of some of the engineers behind the design of their truck. Um, so I know the truck is fantastic. The reason I'm not um, bullish on the company is the CEO. And this is what's called a qualitative analysis. It's not, you're not going to find this in like a balance sheet. You're not going to find this in any of the fundamentals, right? It's just a, it's just kind of like a gut feeling or you kind of just a character judgment kind of thing. And this, the way the CEO has been acting is like, I feel like he's always, his mouth is always writing checks that his engineers didn't have to cash. So basically he's saying stuff, they can do stuff that they technically can't do. And I know they can't do. And, there's, and their engineers are in the back going, fucking God, we have to not make it happen. <laughs> right, right. So that's hmm. one reason yeah, why yeah. I'm not with these guys. That's like one of the main reasons you got into Tesla in the first place, though, is because you just liked Elon. Are we talking about that like you know like at the beginning of the year when we first started doing the podcast and stuff and even before then you always said like you know i just i just love the way this guy works i love the way he runs this company and everything else aside you know you, you just know that if you got someone at the helm like who's driving the thing that's got a work ethic and that you know intelligent enough to do it then that's you know that's good enough reason for anybody to invest in a company in my opinion like it's like if i was to start a company like I would invest in myself because I know that nobody's going to outwork me. And I know that I wouldn't let the thing fail. Like I would, I would literally work myself to death before I let something fail. So like if I, if I knew that about myself or about someone else who's running a company, like even if everything doesn't look that great to begin with, like if you know that they're going to be that type of person, then it gives you a lot of, a lot of confidence in the, in the position. 
Yeah, you're right. I watched almost every speech he did, even back in like PayPal days. And I was what I was trying to gather was his thought process. I'm not trying to look at a guy or any CEO like going, oh, are they charming? Are they good at speaking? Because Elon's clearly not good at speaking. The guy's got a stutter, right? But mm-hmm. I was listening to what he was saying. And more importantly, I was listening to his thought process. And I'm like, does this make sense? Is this what you want to see in a leader? And and, they, and it, I, I've never mm-hmm. heard a leader speak more clearly about his ideas than maybe, except maybe Steve Jobs. Yeah. That's what I love about like trading and stuff, man. Is like, I, I feel like ever since like getting into trading as much as I am now, like it's honestly helped me in so many different aspects of my life. Like I can look at any situation completely objectively. Like I'm, I'm totally comfortable being in a room with 20 people that are, you know, panicking or something or saying something or, or saying, you know, this is the way this is, or like, oh, I hear this news article. And like, I'll be the guy that sits there and just listens to it objectively and says, no, I don't believe that. Like, <laughs> I need to look into that. You know, like, like I'm that guy. And then I'm like, oh, you know, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And like, I look like the asshole, but I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Like, I need to, I need to research that further. I'm not just going to take your word for it. And like, it, you know, when you're out in society and stuff, like that kind of thing comes across as like, you know, oh, like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like, you're not just jumping on board, but like, it just, it just makes everything a lot like less stressful. Like I never get riled up about stuff. I never get, you know, like just anything. Like it just, it just keeps you a lot more level-headed and you can really think objectively. And like, that's something I've learned from trading is because like when I'm getting into a position, like I have to be able to think for myself because you can never make money piggybacking off someone else. So you have to be able to sit there and look at all these news articles and say, you know what? No, like I, I'm going to do this because I think that that's the right thing to do. Even though everybody's telling me I'm wrong, I think I'm right. And then you roll yeah. with it, right? Yeah. There's the other problem too, where I think new traders will hear something like that and go, oh, okay. So the idea is to be contrarian, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying is like, get your own ideas, find, found your own solution or your, your own thesis. And then if it happens to match up with the group, great. If it doesn't, then do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it comes down to, right? It's like that's the biggest lesson that I've learned, and like since I started trading, is just to be like just be completely one hundred percent objective in every decision that you make when it comes to investing and trading and like anything, like business. You know, just you know, reading an article in the newspaper, like anything. Just the ability to be able to to look at something and not just be like, oh wow, this is crazy because it's you know it's in the news, it's it's real or it's on CNBC or you know, it's in the Toronto star or like whatever it is and just read something and just take it for what it is. Like you have to be able to read something and think about it. And like, that's again, one of the things I love about Elon Musk. And like, it was funny. I, I, I realized that about him when I, when I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast, cause that was the first time I actually like really listened to that. And like, I noticed that every single time, you know, Joe would ask him a question, he would never answer immediately. And he never did. Um, you know, like when someone says something, I can't think of an example, but it's like, you know, like, Hey, yeah. Like, uh, did you hear like, you know, these cars are really fast. Like, oh yeah, they are really fast. And it's because like, they kind of like repeat what you say. Yeah. He never did that. He was all like, he'd always stop and there'd be like kind of this awkward, like three or four second pause. And then he'd make answer. And like, when I saw that, I was just like, like that, that helped me a lot. Like in my trading, ironically, because I was like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this guy's like one of the smartest guys in the world. And like, he never jumps in an answer. He always just sits there. He doesn't feel like he needs to answer right away. He thinks about it. And then he says what he really wants to say. And I just like, I just found that so like, I, I just found the intelligence behind that, like really inspiring. And I, I kind of like started fashioning my own decisions off of that at that point. 
I, I did the exact same thing when I was researching Tesla. Like when I first started, I was like, wow, this guy's got great answers. He stutters, but if you listen to the content, it's it's fantastic. And then what later on, what I realized was um, the reason he takes such a long time is he's not just thinking about, oh, what is the right answer here? He's thinking about what is the best way for me to say this answer to this current audience so that they understand what I'm saying. This is like two, like three-dimensional. It's not just saying what's, what's the truth. Yeah. It's like saying it in a way that everybody can understand it. Brilliant. And it's funny because that's that's like I actually read a study like maybe I don't know probably beginning of the summer or something like that. I read a study that I thought was really interesting, and it, it basically said that like you know in layman's terms, people that use really big complicated words to explain stuff are usually the least intelligent people in the room. So like if you take if you take someone who went to school for like I don't know like can you, like just for bodybuilding purposes, like let's say you went to school for like kinesiology, and you're like oh yeah you know like when you're doing like when you're doing like a leg press or a squat, it's like you can feel it in your, you know, quadriceps, lateralis. You know, people that people, people that, you know what the fuck that is, but like people that talk like are are usually the least intelligent ones because I can't remember what the reasoning was, but it was like because they're trying they're trying to like show you that they know stuff. Whereas the people that they found, yeah, but there's the people that they found to be the most intelligent are the ones that can explain really complicated processes and um, information in very very basic terms to whatever their audience is to understand like it's like like when i look like even like you know i'm not saying i'm super intelligent by any means but like it's like for me like i've been you know lifting weights and training in the gym and stuff for like seven or so years now and like i'll literally i was talking to my buddies the other day and i was like yeah i was doing i was doing i was working my front calf on this new machine where you like lift toes up you know because <laughs> like they knew what i'm talking about like i, I don't know what the, you know whatever the hell the muscle is on the front of your shin your your tibia or whatever the hell it's called but i was just like yeah i was working my front calf like lifting my toes up like everybody i was talking to you know they laugh or whatever but they know exactly what i'm referring to as soon as i say that right whereas if i if i said the actual muscle then i'd have to re-explain it again and the person i'm talking to feels like an idiot because they're like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know all this cool information. It's like, no, you just want to have a, a fluid conversation with the person you're talking to and just have, ever, have everybody understand everything. Like, what's the point in being like, you don't know what that is? Or you haven't heard of this? Like, are you an idiot? It's like, no, I just haven't heard it. Just because I haven't heard it doesn't mean I'm an idiot. I've just never learned that before. You know, it just made me realize something. It was probably uh, ego has something to do with it because they're probably thinking like, oh, I just said something that confused everybody. I must be smart. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure it does. But like that's that's a sign like a sign of maturity and intelligence, in my opinion, is is being able to be that person in the room that says like, you know, when someone says something, be like, you know, I don't I don't know what that means or I don't understand that and get them to explain it to you, because then that's how you're going to learn. And you also you're also comfortable enough with yourself that you can you can be with somebody else who's explaining something to you or talking to you, whoever that person is, and be like, you know, I, I don't know what that is. Like, and if they laugh at you or whatever, just be like, I, I've just never heard that before. Like, I don't understand why it's funny. It's just something that I've never heard. So how, how are you expecting me to know this? You know, but like a lot of times people will just, they'll just breeze over and they'll say, you know, if you're like, say you're working on your car, it's like, oh yeah, you know, like I had to change, I had to change the, you know, the, the vacuum line, because like, because you know, what, like, you know, what, what happens when that breaks and like, it's just like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but, like it, you have no idea. Right? You're just kind of rolling with it. Whereas like what you should do is be like, no, like what happens? And then they can tell you, and then you're going to learn something. A thousand percent. 
I think it comes from Elon's physics background because Einstein said this quote, and when you said it, it immediately hit, hit my head. He said, everything should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler. And he's saying this in reference when he's talking about how he developed uh, quantum mechanics. Excuse me. When they're trying to develop high-level physics, it's like you could really get lost in the weeds trying to describe what happens with an atom in quantum mechanics, or you could just try to be like, okay, at the very distilled level, what is happening to here? What is the interaction between an atom and this and that, right? So I think it comes from the physics background, Elon's, that, that he thinks that way. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I, just, I just love it, man. Like, I yeah. love that way of thinking. I, I, and I think it's like, you're right. Like, every everyday people can um, can should adopt it, and it would, it would make things quite a bit, um, it would be quite beneficial, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's it's something that like I think, I think as as a person you need to be pretty confident in yourself to be able to do that. Like especially depending on what situation you're in. I mean, like you know if you're in a room full of people that are really good at something or like whatever, you know, like if you walk into a room full of you know say mechanics or something like that and you take your car in because it's broken, like you know it's like you look in the movies or whatever and you know you take it in the mechanic shop and everyone's like, oh yeah, this is wrong and it's like you know you're like, oh what's that? And they're like, oh you don't know what that is, right? And they try to make you feel like an idiot. Like, you know, you're going to not say anything bad about mechanics. A lot of my friends are mechanics. And it's the first, first idea that comes to mind. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you you, you have to be comfortable to sit there. Like, if the people are going to make fun of you for asking a question and trying to learn something, like, one, those aren't the kind of people you want to be around. And two, you have to be confident enough in yourself to be able to just be like, I, I, just, I just don't know that. Like, if, you, if you'd like to explain it to me so I can learn – then that would be great. But if not, if you're just going to, you know, be an asshole about it, then just, you know, I don't, I just want to be around you anymore. You're not the type of person I want to talk to. You know what? I think this ties back into trading investing um, almost completely. Cause I I've had um, times where somebody will message me and um, rather than, and you know, they're new and they know they're new, but rather than trying to be like, approach it with the conversation with like an open mind, they'll start like, throwing out like those you know those those buzzwords you hear on cnbc or any of the news things and it, to sound like they know what they're talking about and i'm listening i'm like that's not the right context nope that's not related like it's like you're, you're not helping yourself and you're just embarrassing yourself in front of me it's like just just say you don't know i'll fill in the blanks for you like that's it mm -hmm. it's tough though right because like everybody wants to be a hero like especially in the stock market like you see all these stories of people making millions of dollars every day and it's like you know, you want to just jump in there and learn all this like new lingo and stuff. Like I, I have people that have messaged me and been like, Hey man, like, have you heard that the, I don't know, this, this ratio on this stock or like, you know, the feds doing this or FINRA this or like SEC that or whatever. And like somebody will say some abbreviation of something and I'll be like, I'll be like, what is that? Like, I've never heard that term before in my life. And they're like, you don't know what that is. Like, man, like, are you serious? Like, Oh my God, you're missing out on so much. And uh, you know, this is coming from someone who's been trading for like a month. And here I am, like, I'm, I make money every day of the week. <laughs> like I got this person who's like, you know, basically saying like, Oh, I'm an idiot because I don't know this stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't need to know that stuff. Maybe it's outside what I need to do. Maybe it's something that can help me. Like, I don't know. But like the fact of the matter is like, I know how to do what I do with my system. So if there's something outside of that, then sure. Or like I can learn it. It might be completely irrelevant to me, but if you want to tell me what it is, then go right ahead. But if you're going to, if you're going to come to me, like someone who's been doing this for four years and you've only been in the game for like a month and you're going to look at me, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm sorry, man. Have fun losing your money. 
<laughs> I think they don't realize you have a kill switch where it's like, how's your bank account looking? Like you could just throw that at any given moment. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just pull my phone and show you my investment account, and then we'll shut them up pretty quick. You know, I don't need to do that. I just gotta say, oh yeah, okay, whatever. You know, you're smarter than me. Have fun. Talk to you later. It's like you got a you got an order sheet list like a mile long, like from just a month ago. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but again, you know, it's just that, it's that kind of herd mentality, and like a lot of people get humbled and they get over that, right? Like they'll they'll start like that, and then they'll they kind of they they mature and they learn and they they realize like, okay, I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and then you get better and you kind of come full circle and get back to it, and they're like, you know, so it's not like the end of the world, but like I, I just think it, I just think that's a huge learning curve that people can eliminate if they if they just realize that like. You know, tra trading and investing is kind of one of those weird things where, like, people think that you don't need to have an education to be able to do it. Like, they think it really is as easy as, you know, following what CNBC says or Motley Fool or whatever, you know, potato in my ass 500 on Twitter says or whatever the fuck these guys are. It's like, <laughs> they want to follow all these guys. And, like, they think it's literally that easy, right? But it's like, you know, I don't, it's just funny because the people that do this for a living and the people that make a lot of money at this, like the way I think about it is like, think about Wall Street. Like, are you going to get hired by like, say, Wells Fargo or like you know, a big investment bank or like a hedge fund? Like, are they just going to hire someone off the street to put their put their clients money in places because they think they know what they're doing after a month from reading tweets? Like, no, that's absurd. Right. They would never do that in a million years. You got to go to school. For years, you got to learn how to do everything. You got to work the shit jobs, work your way up. So it's just kind of one of these weird, like, because it is a career, like it's a business. Like if you want to be a trader where you're making money and you're not just like, you know, throwing your money in the S&P and forgetting about it. Like if you really want to know what you're doing, you have to treat it like a business. You have to pay for education. You have to learn how to do these things. You have to do trial and error. And it takes years before you're going to make money at it. But a lot of people just really think it's like super easy. So I think that's kind of like where a lot of that, where a lot of that problem lies. And then people that survive, you know, that that first year or so of that learning curve where they're just getting, you know, punched in the gut all the time because they don't know what they're doing. Those are the ones that can kind of humble themselves and come, because it happened to me, right? And then you kind of humble yourself, you come out on the other side and you're like, okay, if I really want to do this, like I have to just, you know, actually learn how to do this. I need to study, I need to take my time. Like I need to treat this like I'm going to university. It's going to take you know, it took me four years, which is as long as somebody goes to university for any job, you know, some even longer. And now that I've done my, you know, four year education through trial and error, through paid courses, through investing, through learning from people. Now I'm at a point where I can actually do it and make money. I think we talked about it once, like roughly both both me and you hit about 10,000 hours before we comfortable, like randomly, completely randomly, both hit 10,000 hours before we we're like, yep, we were feeling pretty comfortable then. Yeah. Like it takes a long, and if you talk to anybody who's, who's been trading or like, you know, who makes money consistently trading, like most people say on average, it's like a year to two years, like full time. So like, if you've been, if you've been trading a year or two, like full time, like that's all you're doing, then you're probably going to get to a point where you're like, you can start making really consistent money, like decent income. So if you're, if you're, if you're like you and I, where you're working full time outside of that, you know, you basically cut that time in half if not more so you know you and i were looking at like say you know like in the four to five year range right because we were working full-time so the only time we could 
study the markets and learn how to do this is on, you know, after work, you know, we spend a few hours every night and on the weekends. So like our, our work week is only 20 hours in the stock market, roughly. And to be honest, I don't think I could have sped it up any longer because I know me, I've, I've learned, a, tried to learn a lot of skills over the years, different ones. And I know me, I'm very slow at first, like stupid slow at first. I'll be like the, the I was going to use the R word again. I was going to be the dumbass at the back of the class. And, and then, yeah. my, but my learning curve accelerates, like I'll have a bunch of eureka moments and then it'll start to accelerate. So my learning curve is not a straight line at all. Like for the first maybe two yeah, years, I'm I might. Exact just, yeah. Way. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the exact, I'm like super stubborn. Like I'm the same way my dad is like, we're both just super stubborn. So like I'm the kind of guy where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you make a mistake once and you try to do the same thing again. Like that's the definition of insanity, like expecting a different result. I'm that idiot that makes the same mistake 15 times before I think something's going to change. Right. So like, you know, if I could do it, anybody can do it. And like, that's the reality. It's like, cause that's just the type of person I am is like, I, I just get so stubborn that I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this right. And like, this is the way to do it. And everybody else doesn't know what they're talking about. And, you know, so it takes me twice as long as, as it takes everybody else. This, this is effectively us. We're learning. Remember the episode of Sideshow Bob? <laughs> yeah. The race in the face. There you go. Yeah. 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 Think- that's literally what my learning process is like. I, the thing is, I don't even know if there's any other way unless you're like just a savant, because to me, it's like what we're basically saying is we have to be proven wrong. And just once is not enough. You have to prove me wrong over and over again before it gets into my head that, OK, this is I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced this is not the right way. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's I think it even it probably amplified like 10 times in the stock market because like there's so many other other factors around it. Like if you look at a chart pattern. You know, like we've talked about this before, if the fundamentals behind the chart pattern or the news or whatever doesn't line up, then the trade might not work. So you can look at a chart and then it works and then you do it again and then it works. And then, you know, you do it 10 more times and it doesn't work every time. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then you start digging into it more and you realize like, oh, well, the news wasn't right or the volume wasn't right or the float wasn't right. And then, you know, so it's the learning curve is much longer, in my opinion. You, you just... Got an amazing segue to the last topic I wanted to touch on. It was the um, the Galaxy trade. So this is a perfect example of why it, it 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 it's important to be proven wrong more than once. Because this time, while I was wrong, my method was right. So and I wanted to touch on this so yeah. viewers can get the other side. Because I don't know if we've talked about this kind of thing before. Um, here, let me let me give yeah. So that. just just go through like exactly where you like where you bought and where you sold. Cause like we talked about this in our chat and like, it was, it was a perfect sell. Well, so this is what I love about um, trading view. Cause I can do replay. So this is exactly what I was looking at. I think it was the 11th, whatever that day that was Wednesday. So this is what I, what I, mm. I, I bought, I bought um, galaxy wave in the, in the 23, $26. So I'm, I'm in the money now, but I'm trying to decide where to sell. So it had this giant uh, gap up and uh, wick down day and it bounced. Right. And so I always, so, you don't use the fibs uh, a lot, but I, I love the fibs. And so I, I'm used the fib um, simple retrace. And based on my, my research, it hits this part about 80, almost 90% of the time. And then it'll sell off again. So it'll reclaim, it'll bounce and reclaim. And like to the penny, look, look, you pull it from the very top to the very bottom, right there, 618. It's, it's so technical, right? And so what I know is when it sells off and it did that day, it, wicked, it, it, it hit it, the price hit it and it wicked back down, right? I'm like, this means it's going to go further. 
And so as soon as I saw that, like I, I'm working that day too. So as soon as I saw that, I freaked and I'm like, all right, I'm going to market execute uh, half my position. Just get out of there. I'm in the money, whatever. Right. And then as the, the, the days are progressing, like uh, it's, it starts to go up higher and higher, and higher. This is the hourly. Right. So this was the morning, like 930 at the open. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a bad day. And it just keeps going up and up and up. And what, what I didn't realize mm -hmm. happened was at 1030, the, was it, was it Miami? One of those places that they were going to start. Um, so they start, what happens, they're going to start selling municipal bonds um, in the form of tokens, the Miami coin. And if you buy those tokens, you're going to get paid your interest in uh, Bitcoin. And so this was a big deal for, for Bitcoin yeah. integration into like a municipality. Right. And so obviously I got fucked, like, and that's why the price went up. Yeah. But, but you had a news article. So like when I look like if you guys haven't watched, I guess it'll be last week's episode. Like I go through, you know, how to size into positions and stuff like that. If you zoom out just a little bit, David, just so we can kind of see like that. Trend. So like, if yeah so can you just draw like kind of just like a really rough trend line like just up that up that big slope there just like really rough like yeah up up a little bit more like higher kind of like to right to where it like broke down like like increase no 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 like make it steeper so that all that's below it like that yeah like kind of like something like that oh, roughly okay. yeah something like that. yeah just drop that in there and then zoom back into where your trade was so like this is exactly what i was just talking about on uh on the podcast that we had last week where I drew everything out in paint. So like just zoom right in onto like the, just that little area there where like your trade was. Right so it's like really clear. So you see, so that big, yeah. So that big red candle to the left there, like where you, where it was above the, the front side of the, the trend line there. So that big red candle there, if you look at the vault, well, you took the volume off, but if you look at, if you look at the volume on that one, the volume, yeah. See how big that volume is on the bottom there. So like for me, like when, like again, guys, watch the last episode because this list lines up perfectly. So like what I'd do is I'd look at the bottom of that candle and that would be one of those daily lines that I'm looking at because it's got big volume, right? So that that's going to be a resistance line. Like that's going to be a support and resistance line. So what happens is as we roll over and we go into the backside, this is exactly what I was talking about. You wait for the bounce and then where, where does the bounce line up? Right where David sold, right at the bottom of that candle. So that would have been a perfect short entry. And that's like, you know, David, like you're looking at this on the Fibonacci and you're thinking, okay, as soon as it gets up to there, that's where I sell. I'm looking at this based on the daily chart and the volume and I'm drawing my line in there and they line, they both they line up perfectly, right? Like that's, that's exactly where I would short and I would short full size right there. So if that news article hadn't come out, I bet you, I could get, bet you 95% that yes. would have sold all the way back down and I would have covered it at the previous lows. That's exactly. the trade right there that I went over last week. And that exact trade. So the only reason that that didn't work is because a news article came out. Yeah. If that news article came out, David, your sell was perfect regardless. Right. And that's where I would have shorted <laughs> full size. Right. And, the next and, line. and like, if you need any more confirmation, this is like, I use this too. Like the volume was increasing as the price was decreasing. That means that you, this thing has got some real momentum. It's not some bullshit sell off. Yeah. So when you see that big green candle, like look at the volume on the green candle up into that line. That's why people get scared, right? Because you see this huge volume up into a resistance level. That's perfect. Because if you get that big push of volume and then it, it it stuffs it off that line, to me, that's like confirmation. Okay, this thing's going down. Like I could sit back and relax and let that trade happen. Like that is, that is as perfect as it gets for a short setup. The only reason it didn't work was because that news article came out. Look at that. Like the wick is a two and a half, almost 3% move. Like, come on. Yeah. 
That would have gone back down to what is that? Like 30, 36, 30, 36, 50, whatever it is, the, the prior lows. Oh shit, hang on. No, like the bottom of that, like where that where it bounced up oh, from 30, originally. 36, 20, right in the very 23? Yeah, 3623. Yeah. yeah, if that news if that news article hadn't come out, I I would have bet you, you know, I would have been almost a hundred percent certain it would have gone up back down to that line. See where where I would have bought was here. The uh the two six the two three six fib. Negative two three six. It's like okay, but I bet you you would have found some technical. Yeah, see, I would have put a cover. Yeah, I would have, I would have covered at those prior lows there for sure if I was shorting that. But that's like that's that's a perfect setup. Like if you if you haven't watched the last episode, watch it and then watch this one and you'll see how perfect that is. It's funny how it lines up. So <laughs> it's well, that easy. Right? Like it's literally that easy. That's all. That's all we're looking at. You know, David's looking at Fibonacci's. I'm looking at big red candles with a line and, and a volume bar, and that's it. You know, the news article kind of screwed this one up, but aside from that, this is a perfect trade, and that's all we're looking at. Like, it is yep. that simple. Yep. It's, it's funny Love how it. that worked out. <laughs> but um, but on, but on that topic, yeah. I just wanted to – I'm going to close with this one thought because uh, I said it once before, but I think it bears talking about it again. It's, called, it's a bias called resulting. Then I got it from poker. And it's the idea that you judge the quality of your decisions on the result of the decisions, right? And so if I judged the quality of my decision based on the result, I would have been like, oh, that was a stupid move. But that's not what happened. Right? Mm -hmm. We both have technical yeah, reasons. Move. I text you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you told me, like, in the you're like, oh, fuck, it's going higher. But then you said that there was a news article that came out and I texted you. I was like, man, I was like, that was a perfect sell because nine times out of 10, that thing would have sold right back off to the lows. And you would have been in the red. I was like, that was a yeah. perfect sell. Yeah. Because that's where yeah. I would have shorted it. And if it's where I would have shorted it, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be holding on. It's good. I'm going to watch that uh, area more closely now. Every time I see a 618, I'm like, fucking, this is where Kaylin's going to short. I'm like, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Yeah, as long as you have a big, as long as you have a big volume like day that lines up with that level, then yes, hundred percent every time. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, so like the, the the idea is like, but 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 that's not what happened, right? Like the the result of my decision is completely independent with the quality of my decision because everything from the quality side, the indicators, the fundamentals, everything lined up correctly, and so just like poker mm -hmm. like you, you could play the perfect hand bet the perfect size all the way until the river and the wrong card comes out you're fucked you lose but did you do anything wrong no and so that's what's really important for traders to understand to understand that their their own process to be able to judge like did i actually make a mistake here or is this just reality being reality which is random yeah and in this case you didn't make a mistake like that would, that would, and like, if I had a short of that, I would have lost. And that would have been, you know, the one out of 10 times that this pattern doesn't work because there was an external factor that you can't see coming. So, yeah. 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 Oh, and it goes into your it point about, like we'll yeah, we'll wrap it up. And, but it just goes into your thing about sizing out too. Cause yeah. I, obviously I didn't go all out. I sold half my position. So I'm still participating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, goons. Yeah. I think you've learned enough for today. So we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks, Kaylin. Thanks, Sam. And uh, we'll see you again next week.